2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This results in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own. Unless you disagree, please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 131, and that's a palindrome, my friend. Okay? Thanks a lot, Obama, for all those palindrome strikes. <laughs> boob they went instead of boom okay it's, it's, that's an English joke slash kind of a zero res get your carpet clean by zero res <laughs> we're up to album 131 spells backwards and forwards <laughs> we're up to album 131 and from 1984 it's the album that goes like this once there was this boy who wait a minute we're doing dummy by Portishead okay guys I need to take a I need to take about a 49-minute break before oh boy, we start yeah. recording. That's my bad. I listened to the wrong album. Yikes. <laughs> Just, you're playing that Crash Test Dummy song. You're like, all right, I love this song. Skip, 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 skip. Uh, what if they wrote like the national anthem? What if they wrote one of the greatest songs of all time and nobody knows because the other song is so good? You know what I mean? Like the second song on Crash Test Dummies album is like super good. You'd never know, right? Editing already. Sad. Are you, sad. Are you, are you implying that Francis Scott Key wrote? Mm-hmm. I was just trying to figure out the math on that. Yeah. How's that, how's that work? I mean, it feels like you would know because it's, yeah, let's move on. Well, I think when they asked him, what key is the Star Spangled Banner going to be in? And he's like, yep. All right. So, Scott. Yeah, it's me. Uh, in the key of Francis Scott, it's me, you son of a bitch. I'm writing the you know national I anthem. Do. Hey, I, I really want America's national anthem to be something that's really hard to sing that most people can't even sing. That would be really cool if we could do that. That'd be great. Thank you. Oh, America the Beautiful? No, thanks. Uh, think of another song about America. Um, American Woman? Nope. American Woman? God, that would be a great national anthem. <laughs> America Woman! We're just all before football. Like, and just everybody is like... We're like, God damn, those American women really makes you love this country. Listen, Aaron, stop wasting my time. Okay, we have to get into uh, the the podcast. And of course, we start with a very real song on a very real radio station. In fact, it's so real that it has a, a call sign and it's K-Rob. So let's turn it on right now. And let's remember what album we're doing. Ah, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob, K-R-O-B. You know... All we want as a species is to be loved. We want to know that there's somebody out there who treats us like the apple of our eye. Like the last slice of pumpkin pie. Pie? Like they're a person who's willing to share fries with us. Like, it's like a hamburger with cheese inside. I just think we want somebody to treat us with the respect that we deserve. And there's no better way to find that. And I see it every Friday night when Aaron starts talking about his breakfast, his yes. lunch, his dinner. Oh, he loves his food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be loved. I want to be appreciated. But then I realize Aaron's who I should have dated. He's the perfect bride I had a thought now Get someone to love you 
For me, it's a few things. It's like shrimp and grits, hamachi crudo, catfish. Any of those are on a menu, I gotta order them. What's what is it for you guys? A taco or some barbecue. Imagine that's how he loved you when he looked into your eye and said you're like a truffle fry. He treats you like an appetizer. I want someone to love me <laughs> Like Aaron loves good cheese, oh, love good cheese. When you want to hear about yes. the albums of all time Can I tell you a sick confession, Aaron? Yeah, I want to hear it I almost exclusively buy American singles in the plastic wrap, and that's my cheese I use. Oh, oh I've got, hey, listen, I got American singles in the fridge right now. Yeah, buddy. There's room for all of them. All God's creatures have a place in the choir. I told that to somebody I work with, and they almost passed out. They're like, oh. What? What if you want to make a burger or a tuna melt? You have to have I don't know. American, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put... Uh, uh, Manchego on my burger. Get out of here with that. I put it on ah, one of those. Forget it. I put it on one of those slices that seems plasticky until you melt it, and then it seems really plasticky. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, listen, guys. Listen, we do love Aaron just like he loves food. I've got three guys here. They want to talk about Portishead Dummy. Let's get right into it. I've got uh, Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Guys, I can't understand myself anymore because after that limo ride home from the legal brothel, for some reason, I'm fearing very unholy. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Good, Rob. This podcast that just won't leave me alone. It's true. Just yeah. won't. Every Matt, every Matt's alone. one is getting more and more surly. I think he's <laughs> he's trying to tell us something, but we ain't listening. And I've got Rosie out in California. Now, Rosie, I heard. Now, this is what I heard, Rosie. And tell me if I'm if I'm wrong here. This is what I heard. I heard that you are working at an Indian buffet. We talk about how much you love the Indian buffet. You can't help it. You stop every time you see it. Take a nap afterwards. You love it. I'm definitely not listening to old episodes. But Aaron agreed if to work at this Indian buffet, he could not share their flatbed recipe. (laughs) Flatbed. (laughs) Yep. So a little story about this owner of the Indian buffet. He did drive a semi truck. He had a flatbed. And on that, he would carry flat bread. And that is the recipe that Aaron inc- said he would not tell anybody. It's the flat bread recipe. Uh, Russell, it was your standard uh, uh, non-disclosure agreement. Non-disclosure. Uh. <laughs> and non-disclosure. I nailed it. Have I ever told you, Rosie, have I ever told you guys that, you know, whenever we go out for like these business trips, like, well, what do you, we're going to go out to you. What do you like? And my standard line is anything but Indian. Anything oh, no. but Indian food. Oh, my God. I'll go anywhere but an Indian restaurant. Anywhere That's my standard line. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Well, of no, course we're not going to no, an Indian like, restaurant on a business Indian night. Restaurant. Yeah. So on the subject of flatbeds and Indian food, did you know there's an entire network of truck stop Indian restaurants around, mostly around the American West, due to a certain uh influx of of people at a certain time and then uh, some restaurateurs decided to get off the road as truckers and start uh, creating truck, truck stop Indian yeah. restaurants. Yeah. Indian food. I had yeah. no idea. Did I tell I've, you guys? I've still never been to one, but I see the signs a lot. And one of these I, days I'm going to try one. Listen, this is already going to be a long episode, I can tell. But <laughs> let me just tell you guys right now. I was recently on a bus back with a team I was coaching. I'm just going to put it that way. And I was sitting up front and I just was talking to the bus driver, as I always do. I, I always talk to the bus drivers. I just see what's going on with them. And I always get a great story. And this guy was telling me, this is a bus driver. So I am on a bus. Let's just picture it with like 24 middle school age kids coming back on a Saturday at like eight o'clock at night. Everybody's exhausted, right? This bus driver goes, yeah, I used to be a long haul trucker. 
And I was like, he's like, yeah, I'd go down to Miami. I'd come back up. And I was like, oh, that sounds like Drew. Yes. What, what, was the, what was the best part? He goes, women would come and see your truck and then you could fuck them. And I, was like, and I was like, what? And he goes, man, you wouldn't believe your wife doesn't know, but you could fuck so many women in your truck. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? I was like, no. Oh. Who's behind you? Oh yeah. Who's behind kid. you? Listen, she's heard the story already. She loves it. She thinks it's great. <laughs> but he would say that. And I was like, ah, I was like, ah, yes. But what do you, what else was a good part? And he was like, you could, they're freaks. You could do whatever you want. And I was like, we oh, are God. driving a bus full of middle schoolers. You cannot tell me about your freaky trucker escapades, please. I think it's not even the bus. Of school. You got your daughter right behind right. you listening right to this. Listening in on, and the, and the dog. You're on a podcast with your friends. Your dog is dying. You're like, my dog. Everybody wave. Don't everybody spoil wave. my rolling going. Okay. Hey. I'm talking about the dog. She's trying to spoil it. Hey, 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 Rob. Um, did your bus driver have any contacts that could get me a uh, job <laughs> application for one of those long haul jobs? Yeah. <laughs> Russ hey, is going to get a class double D license. Man, <laughs> still in- hey, girls, go to bed. Don't listen to that joke I just made. We're st- <laughs> okay, I will take the dog to the vet. Everybody, just sh- leave me alone. This is my time right now. Guys, I'm hanging out with my friends. Jeez. God. I am making, wow, did they hear that double, they don't get that class D license joke because it's like a, they don't, they think class A and I'm like, well, no, it's actually, it depends Axel's numbers. Like we're talking. Uh, <laughs> it's still my intro and I want to let you guys know that I'm coming to you live from my mudroom slash laundry room, AKA the glory box. So let's talk the glory about box? the glory let's box. That's what we're calling it now. The glory box. Yep, it's called the glory box. Oh, sounds glorious. Matt, your mother is not going to ask for the definition of a glory box, is she? (laughs) (laughs) Things are fine. Things are fine at the house. Watching Rob trying to parent back there while doing a podcast is hilarious. Rob's children are still awake, bustling around him. Yeah. He's got signs Olympiad in like five hours. This Listen, man is she a makes a great hero. point. The dog is annoying, and but I'm going to get to that later. So let's. This is all going to get edited out, except for that bus driver story because it was crazy, That's and I had to be story. like, I couldn't be like, stop telling that story right now. I will get fired. Listen, just <laughs> listening to the story, you need to stop. And he was like, oh yeah. He goes, you know, you just stop wherever, and girls will come over and be like, oh, what's inside that truck? Let me look in the back. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. Stop telling me the story. You have to. But he was like, yeah, trucking's great. And then he would just say, that's what was great about it. I was like, oh, what'd you haul down? He's like, yeah, you know, it was the same stuff. But man, you could get these lot lizards all up and down. The coast. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, okay, I will go do, I will go fill out a job application. I better go update my LinkedIn because I'm about to get fired. Uh, listen, Aaron, we did your bit already, right? Let's get right yeah, into the voicemail. Really Let's get... I didn't miss it. I remember it. Let's get right into the voicemail. Right into it. Dumb, 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 shit listeners. Listeners, they dumb, dumb, I can't believe I picked this one. Dumb, shit listeners. Oh, boo, Rob, boo. That's terrible. I got to make a nice one. I really do. Can I tell you, this is the saddest voicemail we've ever gotten. This is from the double M, the double M magic mic. If you guys really are the link, I sent an Amazon package in your name that accidentally said your last name in an episode to the front desk. Says it got there last night. Enjoy. (sighs) Magic Mike sent us a package package to the link. link? Oh, no. Now, two things. Number one, Matt apparently says my last name on the episode. So all you little horny Sherlock Holmes out there. Okay. You can go look for my last name and I don't know what you're going to do with that information. Not much. Oh not much no. Going on. Yeah. Uh, we did not has stay anyone, at the link. 
Has anyone called the link to see if the package is there? No. What? I I what could it possibly be? Magic Mike, can you text us and tell us? It's got to be a sex toy. What? What? It's got to be a sex toy. <laughs> How did you, you think that he would <laughs> Haven't we done episodes about sex toys? Wouldn't he send like I mean, or maybe he sent a maybe he sent a CD. It was probably You know what? I dare our fans to try to send us sex toys. I dare you. They wouldn't do it. Okay. Especially that one with the two things and the one was smaller. The one hole was smaller than the other. Some of us on this podcast were so afraid of Magic Mike coming. Some of us were super excited that Magic Mike might show up. Yep. And so, you know, just, just to be safe, some of us said the wrong hotel we were staying at just in case Magic Mike decided to do something cool oh, no. and like show up or send us a package. <laughs> Dang it, it backfired on us because yeah. he actually did something he cool sent and sent package. us a package. Mm -hmm. are, we, are we sure Magic Mike wasn't the dauber guy at the at the carnival court? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would explain why that dauber guy at the dance turned to me and said, hey, did you get that human head I sent in a box? And I was like, well, who are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> the friend desk at the link to your last name. Magic Mike, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that text message, it literally broke my heart. I feel terrible that we did not, because getting a package from you in Vegas at the front desk would be the funniest thing ever. Like, oh, oh sir, there's a package. Our minds. What's we in the box? Lost our minds. What's, What's in the, the box? box? What's in the box? Somebody says, oh, <laughs> sir, there's a package for you. I'd be like, holy shit, I'm like James Bond now. This is going to be great. Then I open it up and yeah, it's a sex toy or whatever Magic Mike sent. But Magic Mike, please tell us what it is. The suspense is killing us. And again, I'm sorry. We did not stay. At the, did, did we say that we did not stay at the link? We stayed at another. Uh, where did we? Stay? I don't even remember because I went. I showed up at Paris and I texted Joe from Woodbury and said, "Joe, they don't say you've got a room here." And he goes, "Where are you?" And I said, "Paris." He goes, "We're at the fucking where were we? New York, you know." We were at Planet Hollywood. Matt's having a rough week. <laughs> so I had to walk. I had to walk one casino over because I got the wrong message. So with your bag, humiliating. Trust me, I know. Humiliating in <laughs> yeah, Vegas. Absolutely full of podcast setup material. It's absolutely humiliating. So uh, yeah, guys, have you ever uh, left a gift for somebody at a hotel or a note? I mean, that's like no. that's like James Bond stuff, that's right? That's crazy. Stuff. I'm so sad. So I hope that someone's enjoying this gift. Maybe it's a CD box set of some kind. I. I have a kind of a story that might have to get deleted. Yes. Oh, we could do that. For oh, yeah. sure. I yep, promise yep. to delete it. Let's delete see. It delete sure. button. Oh, it's broken. What does that mean? Okay. Try it. So, so I was dating this lady for a little bit. Nice. And, and uh, yeah, I think I was out of town <laughs> for work or something and I sent her something and I had it delivered to her house. I had it delivered uh -oh. to her house. It was like, I don't know what it was. I don't remember if it was a birthday or what it was. It was some sort of gift, if you will. Right. Was it so I, a mirror with your hair on it so it could see what it looked like if it was her face and your hair and she was kissing it? Well, maybe we don't need to delete it if that's where we're going. But, <laughs> so I sent it, and then all of a sudden, like, we were, things kind of started hitting the skids. She started kind of not uh -oh. responding to calls, not responding to emails or whatever. Yeah. At one point, we were texting, and she's like, oh, I saw I got a package from you. I missed it. I'll, I'll go pick it up from the... The place, oh. it, they didn't just leave it there. You had to go pick it up, I guess. Yeah. And so it, she never picked it up. We never saw each other again. So I bought someone a gift and this girl broke up with me by kind of going ghost style. And so she never picked up wow. the gift. It it just was stranded at a, at some post office somewhere. Man. Do you think postal workers at some point just get to tear into that stuff? I mean, are there people they who get to just take stuff home? Right. Right. You couldn't it, just let that sit. 
for years, right? So here's what I picture, right? They're at the post. Just wait a second. My dog is fucking scratching at my kid's door, wants to get in. My kid will not let the dog in. I'm in fucking hell. I hate parenting. I hate <laughs> my a, life. Don't you have a crazy You got a cool shirt on, Rob. You got, you got a cool I, shirt on. I am going to now put boxes in front of the door so you can't scratch at it. There, nope, there the door open. She's, she's, she's so much like Jenny. She is so mad at me about everything related to sleep. I'm trying to sleep. Don't come in this car sleep. I'm like, this is like Jenny number two. I'm like, everybody, leave me alone about sleep. Just go to sleep. I do. I do all the time. It happens every night. It's not a big deal. Family. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Once again, everything's Here's fine. what I picture. Here's what I picture. Oh, it was a hotel. Here's a, it's a gift at the post office. And it's like, oh, from Russell. And, and the post office is like, listen, this, this gift has been here for a year. It's time to do our tradition. We open old packages. And they open this one up and it's a hologram. Right, it's a hologram of Russell, yeah. and he's dressed like a sexy Austin Powers, going, "Do I make you horny, baby? Yeah." <laughs> they're like, "This is the second worst gift I've ever opened." Do you think we could call uh, the link? Yeah, someone needs to call the link and pose as. Do you think we? I mean, think we could call them like on the air right now and see if they'll open it up for us? Like, oh, do you wow. have a? Oh. Do you have a package for Rob? Beep. You know, and see yeah. if they. Yeah, we oh, should call. We, it's from. Can we call him on the line? It's from Wuhan, China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a pangolin scales. What? <laughs> so, bad. if I had a guess, I would guess he sent us socks. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Also a big guess. Do you think so? Oh, what could have oh, said? We welcome to the fuck fest. Socks the whole time. Oh, yes, Shit. you're right. You're super. Uh, oh my god, I feel terrible. Yeah, we feel terrible. We're pieces of shit. Let's get into rolling going. Sorry, Magic Mike. Oh, man. I really did feel bad when I read that. It's time. But it is Matt's fault as well. So let's be clear on that. It's time for Not Rob's. Rolling. Rob, remember when I called you and said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we really had Magic Mike show up? And I said, it would just be great just to have him come. And you were like, no. <laughs> I do not remember that. I No, what I said was, I said, I think that would be funny until like hour two. And then we're just kind of sitting there looking at each other. Like it would be funny to talk. And like, here's a fan from this dumb podcast. We started for absolutely nothing, but then it's hour two. And we're like, so which episode, which episode is your favorite? I think I could talk to magic Mike for a long time. That dude, that dude's got some good taste in music. So I could talk to him for a long time. You know, it might just Rosie, one of these times, now that you're coming for a little bit longer, we got to get day drunk again and then just talk about music. Talk through, talk it through. Also, he's not that far from me. One of these times I'm going to catch him. In when the, we get yeah. up on the Sunday morning in Vegas and he's walking out using Aaron's toothbrush from the bathroom, that's when it, when it <laughs> yeah. got really awkward. Yeah, Magic Mike oh, is sitting at home with nine fingers because one's in a box at the link. He's like, oh, God, <laughs> I thought they loved me. <laughs> I, I, should not, I should not have cut off a thumb. That was bad. Okay, in retrospect, that's a, one of the worst fingers to cut off. <laughs> Definitely, right? <laughs> What is Meanwhile, the best finger to cut off? Probably a oh, ring, finger. Ring, ring finger on your left hand. Ring finger on your left hand. Oh. <laughs> ring finger on your left hand. <laughs> Russell's like, not hmm. a pinky. <laughs> Pretty quick with that one. Russell's like, hmm, cut off ring finger on my left hand. That's actually not a bad idea. Pinky, <laughs> <laughs> you could leave off. Pretty. Oh. Russell's making borderline vulgar <laughs> gestures. That's true. You could do that a lot you easier. Could, yeah, get up into the hilts there much easier. I'll tell you what. That's how I the knew hilt? that my wife and I. <laughs> We're made shocker. for each other is when I did the shocker to her. She's like, I like that. <laughs> and that's respectful that that's a sign that all guys know what that means. I mean, can you imagine oh, no. just guys, everyone knows what this means. It's the <sighs> rudest, worst thing. <laughs> Literally. It's the worst thing. And all guys are like, how did we end up hey. here? 
Well, because <laughs> all those paintings of Jesus in Rome where he's going, he's always doing the shocker. It's wild. What? When I was in college, I went to the, I studied the Russian Orthodox Church in college. <laughs> all we talked about was how much Jesus was doing the shocker in pictures. I don't think I got the point of the class. <laughs> I feel like maybe I wasted my time and money. Uh, rolling going, Russell, how's it going with you? Things are going good. As you guys know, I believe Valentine's Day is coming up. This will actually come out after Valentine's Day, so there's no harm to me by asking the questions pre-Valentine's Day. But I thought I could maybe go to the advice corner, see how you guys handle Valentine's Day, and see if I can get some advice from you. Russell, are you serious, Russell? You're going to ask us for Valentine's advice? I think this is the wrong group to ask. Well, maybe Rosie. Maybe she just asked Rosie. I don't don't know. I jack off with my left hand on Valentine's. I mean, (laughs) switch it up. (laughs) Just kidding. That would take hours. Can you even imagine? I sit on my left hand for two minutes, not just a minute and a half. (laughs) Is that where the, have you ever tried it? Sans left finger, left ring finger? Left ring finger? Yeah. That's the finger I use the most, actually. It's the perfect size. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like I'm it's like I'm saying okay, but I'm so I've got a series it. of questions I was gonna ask you guys. Help help me get through the, the holiday season here, if you will. All right. The first one yeah. is actually right in line for Aaron. Um, what type of tote bag do you buy for a gift on Valentine's Day? It's gotta be a bagu tote bag, man. Those Jesus. are the best, they're the best high quality. You gotta get the bagu tote bag. Russell. Are you trying to be celibate? Is this a choice? Are you going to like a monastery or something? (laughs) A tote bag bag is a great gift. I've been married for 18 years. If I got my wife a tote bag, she would divorce me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have not. I've not tried the. I've not tried the tote bag as a Valentine. Bag goo. I am not going to a tote bag website. Am I right now? Yes, you are. Yep, it's happening. This is what you're suggesting I buy for Valentine's Day, Aaron? You asked for a tote bag okay. recommendation. These are good bags. Cross body bag. Shop now. Listen, a go pouch set, $40. It's just four pouches. Russell, this is... Hey, wait a minute. Now, cross body bag. Maybe I do want a cross body bag. I'm telling you. 40 bucks. 52 bucks. If I spend that much, that'll get, get me at least through this Christmas, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, listen, <laughs> I think buying a girlfriend a fanny pack, nothing says, I love you, like a fanny pack. If you if you're saying that, Russell, I'm not sure. I don't want to cause any trouble. <laughs> Wait, Russell's got a girlfriend. I really, so really like you. The next the next question I have is, what is your flower style? What is your flower style when it comes to oh. Valentine's? You always do flowers. What you get something big, something small. What what's your flower style? Double zero for that pizza dough. Uh, I used flower. to like use a brown Back flower. Back at that one. I'll be slightly healthier. Yeah, I'll say King Arthur's. You guys know me. I love flowers. I like to go to the flower shop and, and just be like, oh, what's that thing? I like that. Last time I picked out flowers, um, ended up with some kale and then picked oh. out a bunch of stuff to go with the kale. And I think it was nice. It, it ended up being like and too much. It? Yeah. it was like too much. It was too purpley. Like I ended up with a lot of purple, which is was not what I intended. I should have sprinkled in some other stuff Small in there. Likes, yeah, yeah. I like to I like to go to the shop and just pick out some weird stuff. I don't know if she likes it, but I, do, I pick out what I like. I was trying to buy some kale, and I got home, and he said, "Hey, I used to play for the Celtics." And I was like, "Oh, it's Kevin McHale." I got I bought <laughs> Kevin McHale. That's my bad. That's on me. Matt, what's your style? Are you a flower buyer? No, I mean to be fair. My gal, as Rosie would say, no, is that what you say? What do you say? 
My lady. I say my lady, but Rob's mom. My lady. Like when I say uh, she's not a big she flower person, let alone a big roses person. So it's uh, hello. She likes getting flowers, but it, it's got to be kind of kind of like what Rosie said. It's got to kind of hit on what the mood is. So something might look great. Great, we'll get that. But it's not just flowers for flowers for her. From what I know, I might be getting myself in trouble. I don't think I am, guys. I don't. Think I know. I Listen, am. a lot. This feels like a lot of pressure. I've yeah. got a flower buying technique that you guys are going to die for. Okay. What First of that? all, I'm not going to talk about when I went to the bird store. Okay. You, and what I bought there. That's a whole different story. Do you, do you take the sticker <laughs> off after you leave the gas station with the flowers or you leave the sticker on? <laughs> There's no gas stations around here, Russell. <laughs> what? I go, I do go to the bodega. I go to the flower place and I say, excuse me, can Where I have your cookies? S- if there's no gas stations. Can I have your, well, it's at the bodegas actually, or <laughs> yeah, pretty much everywhere. Actually, there's a, if I wanted to buy a cookie about every 10 feet in New York, I could and do. Um, but at the flower store, I say, excuse me, can I have your third most expensive bouquet of flowers? Like not the cheapest, not the next one, but the next one up. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I think if it's got, that's how I buy tires, Rob, I go into the shop and say, what's your most expensive. Give me one level down from there. That's what I'll take. Perfect. Yeah. Cause it's not, there's no roses. You know what I mean? But there is some flowers in there. It's not just baby's breath or whatever that shit was. Rob, do you have to specify <laughs> that you're talking about the third most expensive bouquet of real flowers and not fake flowers? Or could you accidentally <laughs> land on the fake ones? Well, I well, I mean, really what I do, Russell, and for Valentine's Day, and a lot of people don't realize this, you can actually get a really good deal right now because it's off season on corsages. Oh. I buy my wife a corsage every Valentine's Day. Like we're going to a dance. She puts it on her wrist. Uh, we walk around like that. She loves it. Okay. And then when she gives me her garter belt, I hang it on my rear view mirror. Okay. Do you guys want to bet if I had uh, my girlfriend's garter belt from homecoming on my rear view mirror in my car in high school? When you're driving away fast. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. You're right. It is that same girl. And I did. I had that garter belt up and I was like, yes, this rules. And after a while I was like, Oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah, does it start to smell funky at all? Aaron, it's not. What do you think a garter belt is doing? It's just on her leg. Well, what if she's dancing hard and sweating? What? Hmm. Wait, I got to go check my parents' garage for a second. (laughs) This has definitely confused what I should be doing for my flower style. So I'm going to go with the mat and just assume that this this Valentine's Day date is not into flowers and go no, no flowers on this one, right? Uh, and I, I, no, I, I think, think some flowers are a good idea. Bet. No, that's I, the safest bet, Russell. Flowers for Valentine's, Russell. <laughs> Tired. Cliche. Yeah. I, Corsage. Mm. Wired. Yeah. Okay, I, that's what people are doing would, these days. I would err on the side of flowers, but it's, it's your call. All right. How about this question? Card or no card? Always a card. Yeah. No card. What? No, no, your card? Card? Much, no card? As Always much as I card. hate cards, I mean, like, they're just point. They're just a way. Th- might as well take four dollars and yeah. light it on fire, right? Yeah. Like, just so four. pointless. You know, cheap so, ass cards. You're buying cheap ass cards, right. man. You buy nice yeah. cards. Three ninety five yeah. at. <laughs> I go to yeah. and get my three ninety five cards. You know, they're just it's it's a must. Even though I can't, you know, I've I've worked it out with my mom. I don't know if I if I told you guys this, but <laughs> she she's given mm-hmm. me the same birthday card for the last like thirteen years now. I just give it back to her and she keeps it and then gives me the same card year after year. That's, <laughs> one, of the, that's one of the saddest things I've ever heard that's in my whole life. Such a waste of time. And I saw Aaron's lunch cards. this week. That was sadder that's than so Aaron's good. lunch. 
<laughs> that Aaron's and hey, and Aaron's lunch was sad. Aaron's it lunch was, was sad. sad lunch, but there was celery in there. It was a little crunchy. Just there. to let everybody know, <laughs> Aaron did text the text chain a picture of his lunch, and we all roasted him for about two days. <laughs> Worth his it lunch though. Was sad. Great discussion on the text. Good chain content. Good content. Lunch. It was very bad. Uh, I, you guys, really get your wives a card for Valentine's Day? Yeah. I don't think I've ever gotten my wife a card ever. You know what? I'm going to get her a card this Valentine's Day. It's going to rock her socks off. The problem is I'm not going to remember till like Valentine's night, like 730. So the only card there is going to be like, I like you. And I'm going to like cross out like and write like love. <laughs> How about this question? Valentine's chocolates, your thoughts. Do you get, do you get any sort of chocolates or some sort of edible, edible surprise, if you will? Ooh, Rob, we want to take that one? I have gone to, uh, where was it? It was a very nice chocolate store in New York on Valentine's. I went during my lunch break and I got her some very nice chocolates one time. Much appreciated, but I'm going to tell you, that place was packed on Valentine's Day. You cannot go into a candy store on Valentine's Day. It is the ultimate trap. Uh, but I don't know. I think chocolates are tough, right? It's it's You got to get like, I would say the perfect number is like six. Get her six chocolates. Any more? Can't get her the big heart. Can't do it. I bought some chocolate covered dates today because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like oh, chocolate covered dates. I got you some dates. That's cool. Because we don't need to go out on as many dates, right? Here's Aaron my... at the store picking out chocolate covered dates. Hey, this is cool. That was it. That was me. <laughs> Can I get the third most expensive chocolate covered dates, please? <laughs> wow. Those are the first ones we've sold in 30 years. <laughs> I, I never used to be like, it was much more that she would be the one to eat the sweets and I was never into sweets. And lately... I eat the chocolate in the house and she doesn't. So this year I was like, well, I do want to buy her some nice chocolate, but I'm going to be the one to eat it. So that feels like, that feels like not, it doesn't really count. Like I bought it, but it, it like I, I got it. That feels like yeah. buying concert tickets for her for the concert you want to go to. Right. Right. So yeah. it feels like I still yeah. got to do something else too. All right. Next question. Let's say the person you're dating or you're going on a Valentine's day date with this Valentine's day date. Let's say they're mm. much, they're a planner. And they went out of their way and they made plans for you for Valentine's Day. Is that a bad deal if you didn't make the plans and, and the person you're going on a date with made the plans for you? Listen, yeah. if they're a planner, it's what they like. It's what they get off on. Yeah. Let it go with it. They like doing it. If they did it, let them do it. What are you going to do? Make make concurrent plans? Better like plans? Make, make other plans? Russell, have you ever made plans for a date with them? With this one or with the, any dates? With any dates. <laughs> I'm, 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 Technically, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Then guess what? <laughs> Fuck it. Let them make the plan one time. They they get to make the plan, Russell. I I think hold it's on. great. Hold on, Russell. Can you take your headphones off for a second? You bet. Guys, do you think like this person's taking the bull by the horns because they don't mm. like Russell's date plans? I'm kind of oh, concerned think, here all I, of a sudden. Do you think they're giving him a message? Like, mm, hey, this I, is what a real date looks like? Or do you think, you know, no, I, I'm wrong. I think what it is, is Russell, if I know Russell, he's, he does so much planning and he's so mm -hmm. good at planning that this person's finally trying to just give it back just a little bit. Say, look, yeah. you do it all. You do such a great job. Yeah. I'm going to be the one on Valentine's. That's, that's got to enjoy be. this time. Do you see yeah. that? Do you see that uh, part on the beach where there were only one set of footsteps going to White Castle for Valentine's Day? That is where I carry us on the date. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. I, Russell, I would say come on back. Come on back. Headphones in. I'm yeah. a little suspicious because Russell's telling me before we got on that he his date was planning a trip to a uh, uh, jewelry store 
a ring store. So I think that's a bad sign. You got to look out. <laughs> Could be entrapment. Legally, that's entrapment. Well, they, you know, they sell those you necklaces, realize, right? You realize this doesn't help me. You realize this is not what they I'm sent. They, they have those necklaces where it's like two you. hearts that are together yes. and stuff. So maybe she, she wants one of those necklaces, mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep, and you can get a discount if you get other people's names on there. Just let everybody know you can get discount. I think that in this case, if your date made the plans, you go along with it, you enjoy it, you're very grateful and clear that you enjoy that that they made the plans, and then mm-hmm. you you try to follow up. And I'm not a good planner either, but at some point you try to make your your own plan as well. You try to return the favor. Right. So here's the here's the next question. So let's say they made plans as a dinner plan, very nice restaurant. They're doing like one of the preset menus, if you will, and you prepay for it. This oh, Valentine's great. Day date prepaid for it. Am I obligated to reimburse? No. Mm. Not no. Whoa. No. <laughs> <Francis>, no. <laughs> no. That Russell. Russell. I think go for what Aaron says. If Aaron says it, it's got to be a good idea. <laughs> that takes big nuts, Russell. <laughs> Holy shit, you're not even going to offer reimburse? I mean, keep in mind, I've been married for a long time, so the, the finances have been have been together for a very long time. I think, commingled. I mean, we call that yeah. commingling in the business. Yeah. Commingled. I, no, once again, I feel like that you you enjoy this, you appreciate the largesse, the planning, the 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 like that you are receiving. I don't know if we because I don't know if we say love or not. So the the, mm-hmm. like, the sharing. Like. And then you do you do that for them the next time. Well, it's better than it's better than what I'm doing for Valentine's Day, Russell. You know what I'm doing? Putting a cardboard box in front of your wife's door so the dog doesn't <laughs> scratch against her at night. That's actually very romantic. Yeah. Brilliant callback. Brilliant. She callback. put a cardboard box in front of the door. I can't even get in. I think it's a bad. I I don't know how to get around it. It's impenetrable. Uh, scratching at the door. No, I'm just eating a lot of pineapple. Hey, babe, my gift to you. <laughs> All right. So the final question is how many hours in advance of your Valentine's day date should you have this figured out? And am I already too close to the date where I'm already fucked? Well, Valentine's is in three days, right? I don't know. I think technically three for you. No, it's midnight, but yeah. No, why fight it? What's it? What, I mean, when, yeah. Russell, do you deserve, let me ask you this, Russell. Okay. And we've had, we've had issues with this before where you say things like, oh, that wasn't very good. Russell, do you deserve to be treated well? Yes. Absolutely. Russell, you're the man. Okay. You, somebody wants to take your ass out and take you to red lobster. Guess wine what? And dine you get, 69 you, all you of get out, you get wine, then propose. you get dine. I think it's great. You I get think it 69. sounds awesome. And I would say on Valentine's day, 69 guys on top. Okay, that's our promise to you on Valentine's Day this year. 69 guys are on top. Okay, switch it up this year. Guys on top for 69. All right, we'll switch it up and I'll call Rob up. Rolling going, how's it going with you, Rob? You're up second. Oh my God, this is so fast. Uh, Listen, that's what she said. I went out today, okay? And I'm just going to tell you guys this, but I'm going to edit it out with a guy I cannot fucking stand. Oh, that's the worst. This guy, I don't get along with this guy so much. You guys know me. I asked for somebody to mediate between us at work. That's how bad it wow. is. Can you imagine Whoa. me asking for mediation? I said, I will wow. not talk with you anymore until we have mediation. That's wow. how bad it is. So now, of course, my now mission is to have him think that I like him. It's a trick. Okay. But we're in the elevator. We're chatting. I'm He's so like, hey, you going I'm out closer. to this thing? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, 
hey, you buying first drink? I was like, and look at the what? shirt I'm wearing. I'm wearing the hard daddy shirt today. I think it's this shirt where people just want to treat me like a fucking asshole. We, so I say, <laughs> okay. I was like, ha ha. Yes, I will. As long as you buy the second and third. We get there. Good joke, by the way. We get there. He takes me up on it. I am now buying him. And guess what he ordered for a drink? A Cosmopolitan. A Glenlivet 15. <laughs> with a side of pineapple juice. A chaser wow, of pineapple juice. Which, on. by the way, when I got the receipt, $7 for the pineapple juice. $7 for the side of it. How much for Glenlivet 15? 22? 24? I, I, I didn't even want to see it. I would throw up if I saw it. <laughs> And then as he was leaving, he goes, oh, uh, are you getting another drink? And I was like, no, I've already had like four. I'm not. He's like, I said, oh, you can just give me next time. He's like, oh, okay. I was like, you did. I Can you imagine having telling somebody to buy you a drink and then giving him that drink order to make? Outrageous, right? Like, what do you yes. guys, what's your guys' policy on going out with people from work to have drinks? Is it a yay or a nay or what? I, I used to work at a school where I do it every Friday, and now it's just a big nay. It's always a bummer. We, I, my work. Slightly bragging here, but not really. But like before I got there, it was complete. Nobody talked to anybody. Nobody hung out with anybody. It was just a Debbie Downer. Well, you do work at a funeral a place, home. right? Because everybody works together, but then they just go their separate ways. <laughs> and I came up in the world that you can't just work with people, right? Like you got to have a beer with them every once in a while. I've got people that I work with. Sometimes they got to do shitty stuff. And I, and I, you know, I'm the one like, hey, we got to do this report or whatever, right? And so I go and I say, we're having happy hour and I'm going to buy beer because the, the last thing somebody wants to do is do some shitty job. But at least if they got to do a shitty job, at least somebody bought them beer for doing it kind yep. of thing. Right. So that, that's my philosophy. So I, you know, once a month, quarterly, something like that, there's some, somebody's birthday, it's a big birthday or something like that. I think it's, you got to do it. You got to go out and you got to do something other than just work with the, the people you're with, but it can't be. To your point, Rob, it can't be an every Friday thing, I don't think, because then it yeah. just gets old and gets sour a little bit. And everybody kind of, some people come, only the really, really desperate, lonely people show up every Friday, right? Because everybody's got other stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. But no, you, you got to do it every once in a while. I used to go out every Friday with Suzanne. Hmm. Yeah, in my <laughs> 20s, my first first job, I, was, I worked at a group home and the shift was 3 to 11. And I went out. Whoa. I yeah. went four nights out of five with my coworkers. Yeah. So I went to <laughs> went to restrooms. So you get off between ten thirty and eleven. You'd head over to restrooms, and then you'd go home at wow. two. Sometimes yeah. if you had to work the seven a.m. shift, you'd come back at seven. But now, in the last ten years, I don't think I've gone for drinks with coworkers more than three times. It's not it's not something I do anymore. Yeah, I agree. But you are management, though. That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, it is a weird thing, so. right? It is. I mean, isn't the point of, of a work happy hour is to go and like complain about your boss? Yeah. yeah I think if you're absolutely. if you're a manager and these things happen, you kinda gotta go, you gotta have you go one. get one and then you gotta hide. You gotta have the one out. and then get you gotta out get out of there. Yep. Yeah. Aaron shows up at the bar. Hey, for the one. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hey, every hey everybody, listen, today I'm not your boss, I'm your friend. Okay, let's sit down. Did I tell you guys about when I worked in a group home? I drank yeah. every night. <laughs> well, see you guys later. <laughs> Aaron, I think the move, if you if you do go for the one, is then you buy like two more rounds on your way out. So then they at least feel guilty when they're trashing you when you're not there. That's, That's true. Good That's point. a good thought. That's a good thought. We do have we haven't done any in-person stuff for three years. I have a couple coming up this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on you guys for advice about that. Roland, go on, Aaron. How's it going with you? Uh 
I don't know. It's going. It's going okay. Kind of up and down this oh, week. Are um, you guys? You know, uh-oh. like is this your job at the Yo-Yo Factory? Yes, yeah, my job at the Yo-Yo Factory again. You know how we've talked about like as we get older, sometimes we're more into sports, sometimes we're less. Like I think all yep. of us on this podcast have been a little bit out on sports at various points in the last in the last three years. I did get really into the NBA trade deadline this year, mm. but then it just it bums me out because it makes me think of my own mortality. Like what I'm watching the Uh-oh. end of Russell Westbrook's career now, right? Oh, this yes. guy was an absolute supernova athlete, like yeah. nothing we've seen before. And now everything about what's happening with him is a total bummer. He's also not particularly nice, which is also a bummer. And it just makes you think about yourself getting older. So I don't know. I might be out on sports. I might just, I might just go back to only listening to music like you guys. It's just, it's too real for me watching this stuff. And so, so Rosie, you are, you are bemoaning uh, your, your life thinking about Russell Wilson. Do you want to tell me Russell Westbrook? I mean, not Mr. Limited. Can you tell me what year was he born? I just looked it up. Oh, he's much younger than I. He's probably born yeah. in like nineteen. He's nineteen eighty-eight. He's nineteen eighty-eight. Did you hear that? I said eighty-nine. Yes, I did. You're going to die way before Russell Westbrook. Don't worry. I know about that's the he thing. He should not be I'm your like, indicator. This is that actually in my life. Actually, where I'm way Rosie's older than probably not. <laughs> Why are you guys all looking at me? This is the point in my life where I know that it's your I'm show. Way You're older. the host. We got to look at you. <laughs> and then these guys. No, it's just it's just grappling with your own mortality. That's all. And he's just an example. I'm not worried about Russell. He's going to be fine in his life. Are we talking about me or Westbrook now? Now I'm getting Both. weirded out. Both Russells. Both Russells in my life. I feel good about him. I think about my mortality every time this year because I think to myself, what if I have a heart attack in the Dwayne Reed on Valentine's Day? That would be an all-time <laughs> bummer, wouldn't it? Like you can just feel like your your left arm goes numb and you look around and you're like, oh my God, these giant hearts everywhere. And nary one to help me out. <laughs> Especially if you were waiting for the concierge to come open up the lock and key to get out oh, like yeah. the, the dish soap yeah. or whatever's under lock and key these days at the at the Dwayne Reed, yeah. right? Can you open up this AED thing to shock me back to life? And he's like, okay, psh, uh, we need somebody to the AED section, please. AED. <laughs> He needs. He also needs small condoms, please. Thank you. <laughs> that would be a pretty crappy way to go, like in a Walgreens or a Dwayne Reed. Oh. Like you're the last people you see are, is the person working behind the counter there. Oh, can you, man? And they're kind of like annoyed. They're like, yes. Oh. I tell my students all the time. I'm unless like, you could, I, uh, unless you're within within arm's reach of the Cadbury eggs, and you can grab any one last Cadbury egg on your way out. That is true. That is a. You flipped the script on that one, Eric. Can I tell you guys, I have a Cadbury egg announcement. That's so gross. Okay. (laughs) I have a Cadbury egg announcement. I now have a Cad Buddy egg friend. What is that? My Cad Buddy egg friend is Suzanne. We are texting each other every time we've eaten a Cadbury egg this Easter season. Anytime we eat a Cadbury egg, we will be texting each other. I have already texted her twice. Okay. I have eaten two Cadbury eggs. They are delicious. I have no regrets. Love it. No and then the one thing I want to celebrate this week is I, I finally finished a book that I've been trying to finish for a long time, which means that my family can now go back to the library because they've been, all been waiting for me to finish this book. So they, they, they can couldn't go, back go without the library. They, they, I don't know. Every time we'd be like, well, go. dad hasn't finished this book yet. And they're all like, and, and shout out the Oakland public library. They now automatically renew your books. So the books were all renewing automatically. So we didn't have to go back. So we'll probably hit the library this weekend because I you never need to return that book. Keep that shit at home. Why go back? Why bring it back? Fuck them. Aaron, it was, show. it's Aaron, yours. Great point. Was it's the book? Great point. Was the book called "The Game: Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists"? No. Yes. <laughs> <It was not. laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was Moon Witch Spider King by McAllister College Professor Marlon James. What was it about? Matt, how's it really going with? Oh man, it's about it's like it's about it's about uh, it's about this woman named Sogalon who um, lives for almost three hundred years. She falls in love with a shape shifting uh, guy who is also a lion, and she is. Uh, chasing after a um, magical boy who may or may not become king of this kingdom. Uh, And then there's this chancellor named the Aezi who is trying to also capture the boy. And so she and he are rivals the whole way. And um, at some point she becomes the moon witch and does a lot of work to avenge women who've been wronged by men. And there are all kinds of fantastical creatures like the um, Ishalogu, which is a bird type thing uh, that is a little bit like a dragon. Um, I could keep going, but I don't Rob, know. you have Matt, to have Matt a soundbite for this. <laughs> Rob, you have to have a soundbite. I'm sorry. For this. I, honestly, I was like, <laughs> Rob, you have a soundbite, right? Like, if you don't do the soundbite here, I mean, really, there's no, there's but, no like Spider-Man in this book at all. There's a Spider King. Yeah, there's a king who's a spider. So it's like a boy who's also a spider, and sometimes he appears as a spider, and there's a lot of shape shifting going on. Rolling, going, Matt. How's it going with Matt? Uh, pretty good. I heard a stat this week, and I was kind of floored, so I thought I'd run this by you just to see. All right. I don't know if it's a stat or a fact, but how old were the Golden Girls when the show started? How, how old were each of the Golden Girls, do you think? So we got Rose. We got Ro- Rose is, was Betty White. She was the one from St. Ol- who went to St. Olaf. How old do you think Rose was when the, when the show probably started? Late, 65. Probably late 50s. I was going to say 50s. 55. Yeah. Wow. Dorothy was B. Arthur, the tall one. Yeah. Her mom. You know, she had the mom there. How old do you think Dorothy was? I think she was 62. 54. 50, 54. 54. 54. All, all these. Supposed to be. That's what her character All these was. are within my dating age range, I would say. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> Blanche. Blanche was oh. the one. She was the promiscuous one. How old do you think Blanche was? 49. 53. 53. 53. So we got Rose at 55, Dorothy at 54, and Blanche at 53. I would have thought for sure. I had no idea. I mean, we were kids when that show came out kind of thing. I, f- I would have thought for sure it was like late 60s, early 70s. I had no idea. I would like to see... Well, Estelle Getty was the youngest one, right? Juxtaposed with J-Lo on the most recent Grammys. Isn't J-Lo like 51? <laughs> and so J-Lo was almost the same age as the Golden Girls. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had a love triangle between Blanche from the Golden Girls and J Lo, like you were you oh. were playing them against each other. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, come over here and sit on my face. No, no, wait, not you. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's how love triangles go for you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of me bossing people around. If I had a love triangle with Blanche and J Lo, yeah. it would be Blanche in the closet with a camera. <laughs> that would be her role, the, the love triangle. <laughs> So the only reason this was like, this kind of came up. I'm on top, by the way. 69, I'm on top, Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, happy Valentine's Day, J-Lo. Thanks for you listening. You gotta watch it. Blanche might have like osteoporosis or some, Rob. You might break her. Yeah. I'd give her some Activa first. She'd be fine. <laughs> so the whole reason the whole reason this came up is that there's a Sex in the City reboot. Yeah. And, you're, and you know where this is going, but guess how old... The three women, there's only three of them that are coming back. I guess how old they are now in the Sex in the City reboot. Older than the Golden Girls. 54 and 55. 
So they're gonna so the Sex in the City reboot, the the characters are gonna be the same age as the Golden Girls. Oh, that's good stuff. Which just blew my mind for some reason. Wow, that's, that's great. That was my stat of the week. That's all I had. That's, that's all I had for That's a wild one. That's a great stat. I watched so much Golden Girls when I was growing up. Like it was just on it was again, I was just on the TV, so I'd watch it. It's a show yep. about four geriatric women. Rob there is literally get to the album. He just very little I could relate to less. And I just I watched, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, can you imagine your kid comes upstairs? Hey, what have you been doing for the last two hours? Oh, I've been downstairs watching the Golden Girls. What? You're an 11 year old boy. Why are you watching the Golden Girls? <laughs> probably, I don't know. They probably thought on. you were using it as like a cover up when you were really watching TLC videos on MTV Live or whatever. <laughs> so I freak. Yeah, yeah. just no, like creeps, creeping on the down low. Let's talk about the album. Oh, let's get trippy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like so. Like, it's like creep, but one of them has a walker. Texas Ranger. Uh, listen. About the album, we are doing Dummy by Portishead. Now, let me ask you, uh, Matt and Aaron, have you guys ever heard this album before? No. Uh, yeah, about a year and a half ago when I listened yeah. to it once. <laughs> Wait, how did I miss this album? This is I a knew totally, Sour, I just, whatever it's called, Sour Times or whatever, but I didn't know any other. I've never Russell, heard have you have you ever heard this album before, Dummy by Portishead? I have never heard of it before, and I thought that was kind of weird, especially being this high on the list. It, wasn't it mid-90s, or what's the year of the album? Uh, it is 94. There was, it is Matt's favorite the, year. Their, greatest year. There was part greatest of me that was of... almost antagonistic when I saw this. I was like, you're telling me an album that is this high on the list, which is right in the prime of when we would have been into music, and I'd never heard of it. So I was it's, originally very antagonistic about this ranking. It feels like so, I had to have heard it at a coffee shop, like at Urban right. Bean or Plan B at some point in the aughts. But I yeah. never sat down and listened to the whole thing myself. That's a great point. This so this album, Dummy. I mean, this this really the number one thing it says all across Wikipedia, all everywhere, is that this is what popularized trip hop, right? Which was the kind of this hip hop form coming out of England at the time, where it's more kind of psychedelic, more it's still hip hop, but it's samples, but it's more trippy, more soundscape type. And basically, this album is kind of interesting how they did it. This album wasn't recorded digitally. They actually sampled you. They have samples on this album, right? It's just like Beastie Boys. I got to admit, it, this some, parts of this album gave me a little bit of Wu Tang vibe with some of the samples they did because they yeah, also threw in the haunting jazz kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I like the I like the track when they were talking about what they were going to do with the hot poker. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 recorded their music to uh, a tape and then sampled that the way they sampled everything else. So instead of just playing it right on the tape, that's why when I first heard this album, I was like, I don't like this. It's not, it doesn't sound very good. It's not very clear, but that's the whole point. They literally took records that they were sampling. And Aaron, this is going to upset you when I say this, they put them on the ground and distressed them by walking on them and quote, using them like a skateboard. That's what, what they did with the records to make them sound like this. I don't like hey, that. Hey, hey, Matt, can we get our pretentious meter out? Uh, can we, can we check that <laughs> one or not? I, I mean, they're they're English. Yeah, they come from England, so it's just kind of given. Are you horny, baby? Yeah, I definitely don't. I'm so I I don't like when. I mean, we're going to get into the album, but I I don't like when there is vinyl static crackle on digital music. That just pisses me off. And Jay Dilla, who's one of my favorites, Dilla did it on Donuts too, and it just that makes me crazy. Because then when you if you happen to buy the vinyl, then you're like, why isn't my vinyl making? Why is my vinyl clean? Turns out it is clean. They put that on the record on purpose. So here we have uh, basically welcome to trip hop, everybody. This is. 
Portishead. And we're going to start out with Mysterions. I mean, when I first played this, I did not know what Portishead did. And this kind of, it kind of blew my mind, actually. I mean, I had a, I had an idea for what to expect, but I um, had never had never dug in. But it's, so 94, was Radiohead doing, when is OK Computer? Yep. After this, right? Yeah, that's later. That's towards 2000. Yeah, so I, this feels I, like Radiohead must have listened to this, right? I don't think that's, I think that's very accurate. I think that's a great Can I ask a potentially dumb question? Had any of you ever heard of the genre called trip-hop before this album? No. I heard of it, but I'd never gotten it. Heard of it, but I couldn't have defined it for you. Yeah. Who are the other ones? Massive Attack and Tricky or whatever, and that's the only other people I would know. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I I had an ex-girlfriend who we went to a concert of a band that was like this at St. Olaf, and it was down in the gym, but it was like the secondary gym, and there's only like 10 people at this whole concert. And she got so into this band that she bought like all their CDs and would listen to them constantly. And it was so annoying. It was one of the worst things where I was like, I did not think the concert was that great. And then she bought all the CDs and I was like, oh, this is, she was like, this is our thing. We're going to listen to this forever. And I was like, oh no, I'm trapped. You're like, no, catch me on Roosevelt Island. And then I didn't Come get her a card for Valentine's Day, so she broke up with me. Uh, Sour Times. This is the only song to appear on the Billboard Top 100, all the way up to 53. This one feels like it launched Dido's career to me. I, well, that's the thing is that her voice is unbelievable. She's great, yeah. And she's yeah, she's borrowing from Billie Holiday and others for sure. And honestly, like um, all those Verve remixes of jazz tunes, like this, that feels like this inspired that stuff too. Like this just feels like it spawned you know a few a few things. You know what I heard with this is I heard James Bond music. Uh, this, oh, this sounded yeah. like a James Bond You're song right. to me, and I was actually You're I started totally looking right. at it, and it, it turns out they were using I don't know if you had this, Rob, but they were sampled a song I think it was called Danube Incident. It was in a Mission yep. Impossible movie, but I heard James Bond, and I was actually I started googling it, and there's a lot of people that kind of think that Beth Gibbons and Portishead would have been perfect for James Bond music, right? And oh, so totally I right. started thinking about it, totally and I thought right. we could do a list. Of the greatest theme songs ever in the James Bond movie history. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I wonder how many of these I've actually seen. I haven't seen that many Bond movies. Oh, I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones. They're all on Delta. That's all I I got through. (laughs) Yeah, they're good, too. I like those. They are good. They're great. I will say, I've been doing a search lately of where Bond talks about how old he is. So I type, I'm searching a lot for Bond age. Bondage online. I'm, I'm getting a lot of cool <laughs> movies, actually. James Bond, guess what? Sometimes you think he's in real trouble, but it works out fine at the end. So Do first, we have any from Moonraker? I've seen Moonraker a bunch of times. So first of all, recording a Bond song is a big deal. There's only been 24 Bond theme songs. Uh, wow. Tom Jones has done one. Madonna, Sam Smith, Jack White, and Alicia Keys. Matt, Chris Cornell actually did a Bond song once, but it kind of got trashed in an article I was reading about the worst parts of grunge or something like that. And I didn't oh, want to no. bring that up. And yeah, he doesn't seem like a good choice, but I think, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into it. Sam you, Smith probably got the, ones, rocked yeah. the Grammys. That was a great, great show. It, yeah, it was. I, I gotta Same. say it would be hard. Wouldn't it be in a band and be handed a bond? Like you're going to do a bond song. I think that'd be so stressful because 
it, it's got to sound like Bond, which it, which might not sound like you. I don't know. Let's hear what these sound. I'm interested what these sound so like. So we're going to start with one that's kind of off the list a little bit. We're just going to start with the original one, but I'm not giving you the original version. I'm giving you the the video game version. This is from the video game GoldenEye. Oh, GoldenEye. <laughs> no, no one has ever played GoldenEye on a smaller television, a four-player GoldenEye on a yes. smaller television than Russell and me. We <laughs> played on a 13-inch, was it a 13-inch like screen? It was like a 9-inch TV with like a Divided VCR by in the four. Hours at a time. Hours. If I gave If I gave my kids a 13-inch TV to look at, they would throw it in the garbage immediately. <laughs> they would not put up with a 13-inch TV. And I, was, I was never any good, and I still just sat there for hours playing oh, yeah. with you guys. Slappers, slappers only. <laughs> All right, so, so. I, I, once, I went to a, a homecoming dance where we actually slept over with our dates at somebody's house like my senior year. And uh, my buddy and I stayed up all night and played James Bond. <laughs> Bond was huge. I remember <laughs> That's our, all we did. our senior year in high school. Doing? We'll see what you guys think of this. You know, like the senior year of high school, they Losing did like senior Bond. week type stuff. It wasn't like college where people were out drinking and stuff. But at the school, they set up in the theater Bond on the big movie screen or whatever. So all the kids yeah. were in there playing Bond up on the on the big screen. Oh, that's great. God, Fantastic. I put hours into that game. I was always oh, terrible, too. too. So, yeah, never good. so that was composed by this guy, guy, John Barry. It was the John Barry Orchestra. And he actually wrote 11 of the 14 Bond songs of the 11 of the first 14. So this guy was a very big influence. But one of the people he worked with a lot was, is it Shirley Bassey or is it Basie? Is she Bassie or Basie, Aaron? Do you know? I don't know. She, um, no, I'm not it's sure. Count Basie, but. Well, we're going to. Well, yeah, but it's Big Mouth Billy Bassey, so now I'm we'll go with We'll go with Shirley Bassey from 1964. The song we're going to pick from her is Goldfinger. Goldfinger. It's the kiss of Ooh, death. This is good Mr. stuff. Goldfinger. Yes. Oh, the muted horns and the tambourine. It's so good. I don't know if you can top this, man. This is so good. So do you yes. know that Shirley Bassey is the only person to sing two Bond theme songs? She's oh. also the only person to ever sing three Bond theme songs. She's done oh. them three times. What? She's the ultimate Bond singer. She did, Moon di- she did Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker. So Diamonds Are Forever is the one that's covered by Kanye, I think. Isn't right, that right? Right. Yes. Oh. Thieves in the night. Rob, maybe you can go towards the end of that. I don't know if I gave you time on this, but go towards the end of the song. You guys need to hear the end of this. Oh, the Isn't that badass? Oh, it's so good. Same composer, John S- Barry? Same composer worked with oh, her, I believe, good. on all three of them. I was reading a that's review fantastic. of uh, a, a review on Billboard of Portishead, and it was this guy from Billboard, Larry Flicky, wrote, Portishead is typically melancholy mood. And that Beth Gibbons had a perfect, she had perfected Shirley Bassey's vocal inflection. So she, they were even saying oh, we were yeah. hearing Beth Gibbons in, in the, from Shirley, what you were hearing in the, the Goldfinger song. No, it's, that's, oh yeah, that's I can see that. That's great. Next song on the list is from song. 1995. We've always said anything this woman sings, it always makes it better. This is Goldeneye by Tina Turner. Yes. Oh. Isn't that badass? Oh, I've never heard this. 
This was Pierce Brosnan's first movie, where he, his first movie is 007. Do you guys have a, a favorite a Bond in all the movies or not? I I did. I, it's sick to say, but I did love Pierce Brosnan. I love where he's jumping off the dam and getting on the plane. Like I was like, this guy is my Bond. Because the problem with like the Sean Connery Bonds is that they were made at that time where they'd show him like walking down a hallway. So you have like five minutes of him walking down a hallway. You're like, what? We know you're going down the hallway. Let's cut all this shit where you're just walking. And there's that one where Christopher Walken was in a blimp and he kidnapped somebody. I was going to make sure I'm right, but I think, yeah, Roger Moore is my favorite because my best friend growing up had Moonraker on VHS. So I saw Moonraker so many times that Roger Moore is my favorite Bond. That's the one where they're like, fuck it, we're doing Bond in space. Yes, we're going to space. Why not? Yeah. Next song is from 1999. The band is garbage. The song is The World Is Not Enough. Ooh. This also has similar vibes to Portishead, right? I mean, with the strings and everything, but Shirley Manson also could put on the vibe. I was reading some articles about uh, some of the best female musicians from the grunge era. Maybe Matt knows a little bit more about this, but some of the names that kept coming up were Courtney Love from Hole, Dolores Aurorian from the Cranberries. Is that right, Matt? Shirley Manson from Garbage, and then Beth Beth Givens from Portishead. So those seem to be like... A lot of people's favorite artists from that type of genre, but I think I they would it. all I hear feel a Bond song, right? Has there ever been a male that's singing a Bond song? There, there have been a bunch of them, but you know what? I thought we would highlight female artists today because I think they have got the best songs on this list. Yeah, that would be a, a male Bond song. Hmm. Male bonding song would be something like, hey, let's, we're actually That'd guys be, and we have feelings and let's talk about Smith. it. Next oh up on God, the list right. is from 2012. This is Adele Skyfall. Oh, man. This is my favorite. You like it, Matt? Yeah. Yes. I think it won the best the Oscar for best original song. It was the first Bond song to win the Oscar. It's great. Yeah. Great song. I it was kind of set, kinda it was kinda setting up for everything else. It was more of like a filler end, movie. But... You know, a bridge from the yeah, that's one true. before it to the one after. Yeah, it was a little bit more. But I don't know. Nobody ever watches a Bond movie. It's like, wow, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, you're right? right like that. you just kind of. It's like a peanut M&M's. Like you just eat them and they're there and it's, it's better than most things. But next song on the list is from 2020. This is Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. This was not one of my favorites. No, she just doesn't have the, doesn't yeah. have the power in her voice. And I like Billie Eilish. I like her music. Right. But, but it didn't seem to mix with me. It works. Her singing Bond songs. This makes me think I could write a Bond song. All these songs sound exactly the same to me. But they're awesome, aren't well, they? I, and like, yes. and she wrote that, right? I mean, like Billie Eilish and her brother wrote that You're song. Right. It's not like somebody wrote it for them. They just sang it. They had to like write the Bond song. But. She was the youngest artist to ever perform the Bond song. The previous one was Sheena Easton when she was 22. So Billie Eilish became the youngest. I think that was, was wow. the year where she swept the Grammys. Interesting, the person playing guitar on that song was Johnny Marr. Do you guys remember who that was? From Radiohead. It's the Smiths, I think, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also, I was reading this. I was wrong. I was reading this article where members of Portishead, and they were talking about their current music passions and what they liked uh, four or five years ago. They were listing a number of artists, and they kept talking about a great gothy woman the kids really like who makes stuff on Logic on her laptop. They were referring to Billie Eilish. I oh, wow. 
Yeah, Russell. she's sort of the next next step. I if oh, if I got a Bond good. if I got a Bond movie to sing, I bet they'd be like, oh, this the title of this movie is like uh, Agent Silver, and I'd have to rhyme something with Silver, and I'd be like, fuck, like everyone else is getting like Fall and like Finger, and I'd get Silver. I'm like, god finger. damn it, nice oh, list, great Russell. List. That was another great list. That was a top five list. Those are all banger songs. Even, yeah. even the ones that don't crush are super on. fun. Yeah. That Goldfinger sign off so the good. podcast and watch go watch a Bond movie. So I'm gonna see you guys next time. Oh, I was, thought you were gonna want me to put a Goldfinger song into the sign off, and I was like, we can't do any more sound bits. It's too much stuff. Don't put a Goldfinger. in Oh, we'll find some stuff. Give us another fifty episodes. We'll find. Oh a few my God, more. Strangers. She's talking about how she took a chord from like an organ and compressed it and made it into the drum beat on this song. It's clever stuff. And then when, I mean, these drums are hard. Like when these drums hit, these are hard. I mean, they say that the drums suck up all the noise in the song and I totally get that. Like it's... Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like some good beeps for a song too, right? Hey, we're we're light on the beeps. I need more beeps. Yeah. You know, make this song even better, some beeps. Hey, I want to think that my wash machine is current is always getting done. <laughs> my fucking washing machine, I swear to God, does it need to make so many beeps? Every time it's done, it's like beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop, beep. And then two minutes later, it's like boop, 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 boop. I'm like, yeah, we get it. We can see when the wash is done. We don't need to hear all the beeps. Rob, you know, you can probably shut that off, right? Mm. Just Google, shut off the sounds. Yeah, whatever, not gonna- whatever, whatever uh, washing machine you've got. You'd probably pay the lady, who, your friend who helps clean your house to look that up online and have her the fix cookie it lady. for you. We call her the cookie lady. If I touch the washing machines and they break, my wife will break. She will cut off my ring finger. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is addicted to laundry. It's her favorite thing to do because she does it all the time. Really? It, oh, God. It's all the time. Laundry. Do you have laundry? I need laundry. And she always wants to be doing laundry. She loves the stuff. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, it could be sweet. Oh, it could be, couldn't it? Listen, I'm not going to lie, guys. I tried listening to this at work. It, this is a tough one for me to listen to and then, like, go do anything with any energy. I mean, we have to ask Karen on this. Like, I think they they try to claim some of this as jazz influenced. Is, is this just the symbol, Aaron? Are you, are you allowed to say this is jazz influenced, or what do you think? I don't know. I, I have a hard that time. The drum sometimes. is jazzy, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, there's some there's some ride symbol going on there. I I don't I don't really feel it. I you know my whole I don't want to get to my yeah I I don't, I don't really hear the jazz influence. I just it just feels like anything that is a little bit out of the norm from pop music. They say it's jazz influenced. That song or was written. Certain, certain critics will say that that song was written by Beth Gibbons before Portishead formed. Um, and I think you can hear the difference between the songs like this, where you hear the big time DJ scratching. This was the group writing this kind of. Yeah, they were going for a particular sound, right? They must have had an audience in mind. But it is, I mean, we this is an interesting flip, right? Like we have the samples. This is all samples. It's all, well, it's, it's actual drums, but it's like, I don't know. And then there's a female singing over it, which we really haven't heard, right? Samples with a female voice. I don't think we've heard that at all. Erica Badu. Yeah, oh shit. Yeah, you're totally right. It's a fire. But I mean, in 1994, you know, different maybe, but... This song was not included on the vinyl or European release. I mean, I think the thing with trip hop that appeals to people is that it's it's easier to listen to. It's rewarding to listen to. It, the, the grooves are good. 
the vibes are good. It has, I mean, I love the organ here. It's got the drums that you would want from hip hop, but you can also just play it and it's not going to challenge your sensibilities. It's not going to surprise you with what it says. So, so there's a lot like it's pleasant and it's, it's nice. And it's like, it's warm. Like people, people like it. I, I was with you Aaron. I thought the Hammond and the Rhodes, the organ on this, I thought were kind of put into the, put into the songs perfectly. Right. Like we've heard on the, yes. what was it? The band before where they were just overdoing it, I think on the big pink or whatever, but I, I like the organ on this album. Yeah. The instrumentation instrumentation's fun on this. And it, it does. I mean, I think Radiohead, I, it reminds me of Radiohead because I think they made similar choices with instrumentation that, that really work. Like they're tasteful and thoughtful. Just to remind you, Russell, <laughs> big pink was 31 episodes ago. Oh Ugh. my God. <sighs> That's like 90 hours that, that's ago. Like that's like if, if Blanche was living in current days, she would have been like 52 years old. And Jayla would have been 53, I think. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Blanche, can you turn off the noise my washing machine is making? I think you have to go way to the back of the washing machine to get there. Just stick your head in there and see if you can fix it up. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, all right. Not, next. Not taking the bait. Do you bait. think, hmm, do you th numb? N M N M E ranked this as the 43rd best song of 1994. I don't know. I don't know if, if we've never heard of it and that was in our time. This is where I kind of ran into problems with it. But but do you think this is one of those things where now we know what trip hop is and we know Portishead that we're going to hear it in more places like out and about or... I don't know. Don't what do think you so? think? What do you no. think, Matt? You kind of you listen to some no radio stations that might play something a little more unique like this, yeah. right? Yeah. No, there's just there's just too much other stuff. I don't know. It's that sort of it feels like this is just jamming in like another genre into the top of the list or into the top half of the list somehow. Of and, and I don't know. I just I mean, I think Radiohead did this, right? I think we've got our shoegaze stuff that did you know a little bit of this. I've, it just feels like we keep trying to jam in too much into the this was influential yeah. for the rest of time kind of a thing. I yeah. did I did know we I think we may not have heard of this band, but you know who did hear of them? Who's in who's vinyl that? two? There this, oh, this band is in Booze and Vinyl Two. Are you Can serious? You I'm, I'm wow. dead serious. I'm Look surprised. at this. You're not lying. No, no. There they wow. are. There it's, they are. It's there. They wow. actually recommended a drink called Sour Times in Booze and Vinyl, but that was um, that was my Bond song, so I couldn't do my my song and my drink in the same song. But so when do you think they, they recommend that you listen to this? Uh, Friday night morning. after midnight. Yeah. I would say maybe when you're, I don't know, loaded up on mushrooms. Like I, I have no idea. I think you're right, Rob. They say, do you need a couch day, a craft or noon? This album and these drinks equal a voluptuous laid back relaxathon. They're saying relax and listen to this music. Yeah, I know what that's code for. But so nice. so for side yeah. A of the album, they were recommending <laughs> on top. a sour time. Are you laying down? <laughs> and so my understanding is a sour is two ounces of any base spirit. You can pick what you want. Dealer's choice, if you will. Three quarters ounce of lemon juice. Three quarters no. ounce simple syrup. No. A dash of Angostura bitters. I do think he has the bitters. And a lemon slice for garnish. Oh. And sometimes egg white if you want, right? I, I don't know. I was actually learning a little bit about cocktails. It turns out, like, there are really only, Rob, you might know this, there's only, like, six essential drinks. Like, there's yeah. a daiquiri, a Jack Rose, a Manhattan martini, old-fashioned, and a sidecar. And a Jeez. daiquiri. Right? Those are, that's it. 
And everything else is based off those drinks. Is that right? It's a Jack Rose. Is that a brandy drink? I think it's Apple Jack or oh Apple Brandy God. or something. Ah, there we go. Apple Jack is brandy. It's the oldest spirit in the U.S. But so I, I decided to go with, I went Johnny, with rum. Johnny created But it. instead of going with Ooh. lemon, I was like, don't drinks taste better with a lime? So I switched out lemons with limes the whole time. <laughs> okay. And then, and then yeah. here's the move to make my to make my yeah, sour yeah. drink. You I can see sugar it here. And mint. I'm, I'm drinking oh, it yeah. out of a red wine glass, as you can see, Rob. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I know you appreciate that. But yeah. instead of regular bitters, I use cherry flavored bitters. I thought I would throw a cherry into my lime sour and have a cherry lime sour. Cherry flavored bitters. And it's delicious. This might be one of the best drinks I've it. made on this. Good, good for poor. I put a say. lime peel in our Negronis tonight. It's a good choice. Jesus. My neighbor has these limes that are sweet limes. These things are so good. And they don't use any of them. I can just walk over and grab them off the tree anytime. No, Bronzy. you can't. So what yes. are sweet limes? What are you talking yes. about? A sweet lime looks like a lemon, but it's a lime, but it's kind of sweet. It's so fragrant. It's no, this is a dream. This sounds like a dream you had. I mean, <laughs> a, a lime that looks like a lemon, a lemon, but I sweet. Did, I did take a nap today um, from 7 p.m. to 7.20 p.m. listening to this album. So I may have had some dreams, but this is it's a good nap album, too. <laughs> That's I, I if, if I came in and my kid was on the couch napping, listening to this album, I'd be like, we're having an intervention. I've written a letter <laughs> about how much I love you. Rhodes. Aaron, what do you think of the lead singer here? She's kind of, I don't know what you'd call her voice, delicate. What would you, it's kind of soft. What would, what do you think of it? Yeah, it, it's great. It, it is delicate and versatile. And she clearly is a, she's doing Joni Mitchell here. I, I just think she is clearly a music fan, listened to a lot of music. I mentioned Billie Holiday earlier. I think she listened, definitely listened to jazz records and Joni Mitchell. And it's emotive. I, I like it. Well, I can tell you that what she was inspired by in an interview is she said that this song was really, she one song she loved was the soundtrack, or the theme to Assault on Precinct 13, which of course was written wow. by the director, John Carpenter. Hmm. Here's that theme music. Listen to this. This movie oh, is nice. awesome 100% because of John Carpenter's music. This is so good. You can actually go see John Carpenter in concert now. He'll, I think he closes with this, actually. This is nice. You can see him in concert. Yeah. He does concerts. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Halloween. Very cool. Uh, pedestal. The other place you can find this music now is if you just if you search YouTube for like lo-fi hip hop or rainy yes. day beats or beats to study to like all this you know oh. there's a, there's a whole like Nujabees other DJs have like made a, and rest in peace Nujabees but like um, people have made whole careers off of this you can just like find hours long playlists of this kind of stuff which is nice if you're studying or writing code or whatever. As a teacher, about three years ago, everybody was doing the lo-fi beats to study to. They were all yeah. playing it. The woman right. sitting by the window with the cat. Everybody yep. was doing it. That's it. That's the one. You get it. Uh, biscuit. So this, if you listen, this is Johnny Ray's 1950s song that they slowed down to 16 beats per minute. This is where some of the songs I enjoyed, and I know I'm going to get looks for saying this, but this just sounded like random noise to me. I was like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Well, what do you like better, Russell, that or the song they sampled from? I'll never fall in love again. 
Uh, I like this song better. Rob, this sounds like something that would be playing when you and Blanche were going out while J-Lo was calling you. Like, she's calling. She's like, Rob, why are you now picking up my phone? Where are you? I love this. And meanwhile, you and Blanche are out, like, parading around. You're going ice skating and all that stuff. You see, you see like, lingerie getting put up on, the like, the Japanese divider, right? But then it's, like, way too many pieces of lingerie. Yeah. It's like four bras, and it's like, wait, yeah. if I had their four bras, you know what I mean? And then it would be the if the movie would be like Rob's constantly going on dates with different ones, so like Blanche is throwing her old lady underwear like up over the yep. thing, and then J Lo's throwing up whatever she wears over the thing, and Rob's going back and forth. It would be great. And then my dog's coming over and eating it. <laughs> uh, he next- only eats Blanche's and leaves J Lo's alone. <laughs> One interesting thing. I- I don't know if we've talked too much about the band members of this. There's a guy, Adrian Utley. He's the guitarist for Portishead. And before he started playing with Portishead or when they were starting to launch their band, he actually played with Jeff Beck as a session musician on the album Crazy Legs. Here's the song Crazy Legs. Check this out. It was a tribute album, I guess. Whoa, this is Jeff Beck? So that's Jeff Beck. This guy was also playing Whoa. acoustic guitar on this album, but I couldn't hear it. And he even said it was hard to hear him, but he was playing with Jeff Beck, and he said Jeff Beck was very important for his career. He was giving him an opportunity, a massive hero for him. So I will say when it comes to playing or giving uh, Adrian Utley, the guitar player from Portishead, a chance when he needed it so we could listen to this album today, who did it better? Beck did it better. Listen, if you're still listening to this episode, Hats off to you. I got to say, this is unbelievable. You have heard us now play Glory Box, the last song. I like the guitar in this. Yeah. It's based on Ike's Rap by Isaac Hayes. Oh, yeah. This is a good but, song. Uh, how, yeah, how, many times did, how many times did you guys get to this song on the album? You know, for me, this is one of the first albums where I could li- I only could get through like two songs at a time, then I'd go do something else and I'd come back. I, d- I don't think I could listen to the whole thing straight. It's a pretty short album, though. I, I feel like you can like leave. if you're if you're I find it was a pretty it was a better car album than I expected. I enjoyed it in the car I more, see than, that. more than I thought I would. I could see where if you were doing something, you didn't have to pay attention to this album. It'd be really good because it all kind of flows together. But right. I don't know. Listen, let's get into the rating system. Why? Why mess Everyone's around? Favorite. Now, a lot of you think Portishead, oh, is that something that happens in an a, a outdoor toilet with my girlfriend? No. Okay, it's a band. And they had an album called Dummy. Not the band. <laughs> By the way, that Blue Water is a spermicide. Yes. That. Not the band. That was 31 episodes ago. Don't rush. This is ranked at 131. Okay. No doubt. It is trip hop. <laughs> All right. Trip hop, trip hop, and you don't stop, except for Russell, who stopped about every two songs to go do something else. 187 on a mother grabbing. What do we think of this album? Does it belong at 131 ahead of so many other albums? If you think this is perfectly ranked, this is a rolling, well toned. Okay. This is a perfect sounding album. Or do you think this should be higher on the list, which of course would be a lower number? In that case, it got it got rolling boned. It should have been higher on the list. We should have been like, hey, Led Zeppelin, Prince, Portishead. Makes sense to me. Let's run with that. Or should this be lower on the list, which of course is a higher number? Now, sometimes I like to think of that as a seesaw. I'm going down the list. The number is going up. Just like how the list works, it's a higher number, therefore lower on the list. 
it all works out if you are, think Robert, about are, are those directions the going the same on Valentine's Day or do you have to flip it upside down? <laughs> the <C's laughs> the, <laughs> Rob's on top, by the is way. Is the saw so on top instead of the C or not? It's <laughs> it's a saucy. Listen, saucy. You, sometimes you get saucy. Do you think this is rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown portishead dummy? Rosie, what do you think? I forgot to mention in my rolling going that one of my oh, favorite my places God. for breakfast when I used to work in San Francisco was called Munchbox. They had a great croissant sandwich. Munchbox? My problem, yes, with and two How do you pronounce oh. croissant? He, he's croissant? done it before. <laughs> he's absolutely done it before because I pulled it as a sound clip. I've got it somewhere where he's going, croissant. <laughs> croissant sandwich. My problem with this album being where it is is the existence of Sade. They've taken the Sade blueprint they and and I I I I was googling today, you know, Portishead Sade, and uh, apparently at the time Robert Criscow, who was the critic for for Rolling Stone, called this album Sade for androids. I don't, I wouldn't say that, but I would just say Sade did it first. This idea of uh, you know some space, some minimalism, um, deep bass, some musicians, and then a great uh, woman's voice on top of the whole thing. Except Sade's voice is better, I think. So I don't know. I don't understand how, especially when I'm sure these people listened to Sade and took from that influence. So there's no way for me this should be ahead of Sade, among many other things, Dookie, for example. So I've got to say this is a rolling groan, even though I enjoyed it. I will say I enjoyed it, but it's still a rolling groan. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? I will echo what Aaron said to some extent. I enjoyed this more than I thought it was. Like I said at the beginning, to me, if you're taking a, an album and saying it's one of the greatest ever and it was right from our youth and I'd never heard of it, I was like, this is, you're going too far for me. But I will say I really like some of the songs. Some of them, it, it was getting a little too atmospheric for me, but I thought Beth Gibbons, the lead singer, was fantastic. I thought she adds, added a lot to the album. But you know what? An interesting thing for me is it's not always about the album. It's about what you experience listening to it. And for me, this is always going to be when I got to really dive into the Bond songs and the Bond songs were amazing. So to me, the experience was awesome. And if this band got me there, I'm going to appreciate it. And I would love to hear Porta said, get to do a Bond song in the future. I would be all about that. But for me, it's rolling grown. It's too high on the list. I don't think I'll come back and listen to it very often. Matt, what do you think? Rolling well toned, rolling boned or rolling grown? Rolling grown. This is an album that can kind of just fade off into the distance. There's so many good albums coming up. Uh, they're way better than this album. I think it's kind of a filler album. I mean, it, it, again, like it feels like we're trying to just jam in uh, what somebody thought was an influential album for things to come, and I just didn't hear it. So again, my uh, my take, but I think it's rolling yeah. groaned. I get it. I, I, I do get what you guys are saying, but what I mean, what are we going to do? Like put Led Zeppelin three here. You know what I mean? Like we've heard the Led Zeppelin, oh, no. we've heard Pink we Floyd, heard, like, we haven't no, heard Dookie, we haven't heard Whitney Houston, Bob Dylan, we, we, we haven't Aaron, heard the replacements. Rip, rip I would take the replacements over okay, so damn album. Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Dookie, Funkadelic, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay, you know what, guys? For yelling at me like that, I'm editing <laughs> that out. That's not saying it. Eminem, yelling at Sweet Rob for so, actually saying something smart. Okay, on Valentine's Day. The Pixies. Okay. Oasis. What's the story of Morning Glory? This is better than the Oasis. What's the story of Morning Glory? Oh, I don't Give think me. so. Give it no, to me, baby. So. Uh-huh. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. I think Red Hot Chili Peppers might have better albums than, the, than this one. 
Wack-a-ding-a-ding-a-dong-a-ding-dang. Oh, yeah. Living down the California nation. Um, hey, listen. hey, Aaron, we don't need to bring up the Red Hot Chili Peppers after I did not purchase those tickets for the holidays. We can oh, just oh, leave that no. alone if you please. Leave it alone. Yeah. Leave yeah. It alone. Yep, you got it. Leave it alone. Thank listen, you. this, unfortunately, you guys are incorrect. Okay, and I just looked to false, see what I wrote down false. earlier, and I'm disappointed in myself. Okay, I, I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not happy with this joke. This is a rolling combination. Okay, it combines sad music with slow hip hop. I mean, this is like, listen, when we did shoegaze, I didn't especially enjoy it. But now I hear the term shoegaze all the time and I know exactly what they're talking about. From now on, when somebody says trip hop, I'm going to know exactly what they're talking about. This is go. what this podcast is about. Yes. We are right. learning. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's just like going to liberal arts college. Yeah. You don't want to fucking take two years of Spanish. It sucks balls. <laughs> Nobody wants to do it. It sucks. It's the worst thing ever. But you know what? You learn how to say round trip ticket in Spanish and use it once in Spain and you feel like a god to the point where you actually tell your kids that story. Fumar, and they don't. Donde está el baño? Yeah, ida y vuelta. <laughs> Listen, this album, it's just like that cow that Mario saw yesterday. It's a mood. It's a what? It's a mood. Oh, no. Uh, listen, no time. Guys, don't dwell on that, okay? We're moving on, yeah. moving on, <laughs> okay? Don't dwell on it. I did. I'm going to edit in some space to have the audience laugh so they don't miss this part. Uh, next did up. Did you say audience? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have an audience coming over for Coson. <laughs> <laughs> this is Iowa accent. This rowdy friend is not coming over tonight because he died in 1953. Oh. Okay. Coincidentally, the last year of the Korean 29 War. 29 years old. It turns 20, out 29. Hank Williams actually fought. Oh, no. I forgot I did this joke, too. Okay, I got to sing Blanche? this in the song. Kim Il-sung, your supreme leader, number one. How about putting me in North Korea's foreign ministry? <laughs> this was a bit I had in my head where Hank Williams died fighting for North Korea in 1953. Trust me, yesterday, funny as hell. Was he hanging out with Dennis Rodman or not? Yeah. Our downloads in Alabama just plummeted. All of those downloads in Alabama just Damn gone. it. Both of them. Did it better. Hey, Rob, while we were getting through the, that long ranking system, I actually got my, my trucker's license, so I'm going to be a long-haul trucker. I'm going to head to, the, gonna head to the, the, the truck stop, and hopefully I can show some of these lot lizards my portis head. Oh! oh. Ah. It's time to say <laughs> goodbye. Hey, I got a sleeper in the back, but you're on the bottom. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Perfect episode. That might be the perfect episode. <laughs>